Welcome back to the Keegan and Company podcast. Today I am joined by former NRL Gold Coast Titans player and leading buyer's agent on the Gold Coast, Maddie Sharma. Maddie, how are you, brother? Hi, Keegan. Thanks for having me, my man. Mate, mate, we had a um we won the morning. <laughs> we had a beautiful morning, morning routine. We got on the we got on the heavy bag and we had some spas. How you feeling? <laughs> Now feeling good, man. I'm sure we'll touch on a bit of, you know, how much I love a morning routine. And um, I, I just, yeah, this morning, I'm just blessed, bro, on the Gold Coast. Got to the beach after it. Sun was out. But, um, yeah, man, in the Hurt Locker, in the gym, we shut the doors, put the music on, and we, we just went went at it. Poor, poor Nate Pedaru upstairs, the bedroom <laughs> upstairs. We had the music blasting. <laughs> the house was rattling, but the boys are on. Love it. Do you try and keep the same morning routine every morning because i remember when i was back living on the gold coast i'd go out for a wave when i was living on jefferson lane at palmy and i would always see you (laughs) on the the beach meditating is it still the same and it wasn't just once mate it was all the time we're coming in for a surf i'd say oh there's man he's having a little med yeah yeah look it i'd say probably for the last like six years never missed the morning and I, i keep that when i travel when i go up to brisbane to see family i don't know i just got this this little morning routine that it just kind of grounds me for the day and when I um, either rush it or um, oh there'll be the odd Sunday or something where you know we might have something on and I'll I'll miss a part of it or something Um, I just don't I'm not as on I just don't feel as good so um, most times I'll get through the whole thing but I definitely can feel the difference when uh, I get it done well and and not so yeah it's just a good anchor for me what does it include uh, what's the pro- get, what's the process? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a baseline. Yep. Otherwise, we'll be here for a few hours. <laughs> but um, I guess first thing is uh, we'll we'll touch on sh- soon. I'm sure is the, around the you know retirement from sport, and I really struggled in that transition period. And there's a book I read called The Miracle Morning, yeah, by Hal Alrod, yeah. Um, and I didn't read the book. I studied the concept of it on YouTube. So there's like an hour long interview with him, and Highly recommend to watch it. I was just on YouTube watching him once and he talks about his story and he had like this, he nearly lost his life like twice, not once, but uh, like twice. And he lost all his money. And then, yeah, yeah, it was just like, I was just like, how does someone come back from that? That's wild. And he was going through, he put it down to his morning routine. I was like, oh, here we go. Like I love, I'm a morning person. So I was like, oh, it sort of caught me like that. And then he used this, phrase called savers s-a-v-e-r-s and it was um solitude affirmation visualization exercise reading and scribing yeah so um the miracle morning concept just to lay down the platform on where it came from and then so i just kind of rejigged it a little bit and did my own miracle morning so and i can definitely say it sort of changed my life so um Quick tip there, the miracle morning, get amongst it if you you haven't. And then for myself, um, yeah, just sort of wake up around four o'clock and then I always uh, olive leaf extract, get on on that, get the the engine going (laughs) on an empty stomach, Uh, scrape the tongue. I've seen something around like um, bacteria on the the tongue and that. So just just get that off and then uh, cold shower, game. Straight away. Changer, yep. 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 Probably first six months, it was, I was doing the old hot first and yeah. chuck it warm. But if you if you want to go all in, you got to go all in. And I'm telling you, 
it's the best. It is the best. Even before, even before the sesh, even before the swim, just straight first away. First thing, first thing why, always. Why straight away though? Just wakes you up. It just cognitive function. Just everything gets awake, yeah. like alert, like. And the thing I love about it around the cold shower, it's the mental game. Yeah. So. I love winter period. Like summer's easy on the Gold Coast. Like I, I'll have a cold. They get off the plane last night and it's just warm, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? it's <laughs> yeah. Like, Sydney's fresh, but you come in the Gold Coast, it's already warm. It's yeah, beautiful, hundred percent. So that period of around four months, I feel like on the Gold Coast, like it's a battle. It's like, all right, let's go. Like mentally, kind of prep for it. And now I've gotten to the point. It actually does get easier. That's the crazy thing. Like yeah. it, it was hard, but you just keep pushing, pushing through and um yeah now it's just like don't even think just sort of bang and now i'm getting to the point where i can slow down the breath yeah. when i do it yeah. and i find that little like 30 second shower is just like game changing yeah. like just to i don't know mentally but also yeah physically what it does to you to your body so and then i'll finish with a bit of hot finish with a bit of cold and then i always i, I then get on my gym kit and all that um the skin routine you know, I, <laughs> right, you were doing back that back and forth. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> and that's why you look so good. All the all the boys used to pay me out yeah. and have my um, moisturizers yeah. in the locker rooms, and uh, yeah, man, I used to get paid. I was like, nah, fuck, I don't care, yeah. whatever. And I see them all, and I'm like, bro, you're looking, you're still looking young, eh? Yeah. Like, well, you used to pay me out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? People right. don't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Aiden Caesar used to like hammer me all the time, eh, about it. Um, but yeah, skin routine. And then basically another game changer one was like learning. Yeah. So chuck the headphones in and then I love podcasts. Yeah. So podcasts or like an audio book from Blinkist. I love Blinkist app. It's like condensed books in like 15, 20 minutes. So that's, I love that. That's awesome. Just some sort of learning, getting the brain good. It's fresh. And then uh, I listen to that while I make a smoothie you want to know the smoothie? It's on my Instagram. You can check it I've out. I've seen there. it, mate. I saw the I saw the YouTube, the video uh, the other day. But you've been doing that forever, like right, for the last six that, years. That's mate. something I've never missed a morning. Yeah. I've got the, all the ingredients at home. I, I pack with my blender when I go travel interstate or overseas. Really? Yeah, bro. How do you take all that stuff, like, when you travel, though? Nah, so the interstate, you can. Yeah. You can take all the powders. The powders, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, overseas, I still take the blender, but then I'll go, like, I was in Bali a few weeks ago. Had to get there, avocados and get all their fresh stuff. Yeah, fresh yeah. Stuff, yeah. So I'll go find all the yeah. ingredients as best I can. Um, but that that's just, I don't know, just fuel. I love it. Yeah. Just get gets me going. I need to eat before I train. So I have that while listening. So I'm, I'm fueling plus learning. And then, yeah, just go to the gym, work out, mobility, um, and do my stretch at the beach always. Yeah. Um, or somewhere, like where there's water or I don't know. I need that little like um space kind of thing so yeah i'll do a little yoga flow and finish with about 12 minutes 15 minutes of meditation and that's kind of the uh the routine so you would you'd see me on the back end i'd see you routine. on the back end yeah so you've already had two hours ahead yeah of me. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'd just be coming out of the water or just going in for a surf and you'd be all done uh, yeah yeah and like uh, again if i if i've got a key meeting at like eight o'clock I'll, I'll condense it up same thing though i might shorten up the the session or or whatever but if i've got a long morning i'll really maybe 15 minute meditation and do you think and the whole reason you're doing it is just to be grounded throughout the day like what are the what are the key benefits that you're finding throughout the day 
the key one is life is always going to throw you a few ups and downs. And I find having a morning looking after yourself first, anything that comes at you, you can keep level. That's what I think all it is, is just I feel those mornings where, again, maybe I missed part of it or I rushed it. Something might come negatively at me and it really triggers me. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not at my, I'm heightened. Mm. But when I've got the, the morning down pat, filled with a bit of gratitude, feeling good, joints are feeling good. Like, I don't know, it's just like, what? You're in a, you're in a flow as well. Just it's also, flow. It's like the Navy SEAL who, like, make your bed every morning. Yeah. And then, you know what, no matter what life throws at you throughout the day, at least you can come home, bed's made, you can pull back, you can go straight Oh, man. Bed. Like, it's such a little thing. And I love, like, talking to guys like yourself who've got, like, these really, like, unique little traits or little things that they do because it just sets everything up right oh man and it and a big one is it as well like the discipline muscle yeah as well like you're just constantly training that and and probably the biggest one now where life is at the moment where do people get to spend time with themselves by themselves no one like everyone's and when they do spend time on their own they're on their phone yeah so (laughs) You know, and I just think of it, that's that's me and me time. Like, I don't really like um, going, like, Saturdays I train with people. Like, I'll always try to, but during the week, people hit me up. Like, I'm like, nah, sorry. I, I like to just train on my own mm. uh, Monday to Friday. So, um, it's just time with me, yeah, just with myself. Mate, you obviously played professional rugby league for six years, over 60 games. And it's not, it's not a small amount of games, mate. Like, was... And obviously your your discipline, you've already got so many traits that from from the NRL. Was mm. playing NRL something that you always wanted to do? Was that always the main goal when you were when you were coming through juniors? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Like like now that I'm older, like, you know, you hear of I listen to a lot of podcasts on you just hear you know, they're like there was no plan B or like yeah. they visualize and I didn't even know what visualization was. But like now that I think about like from the age of like six to 12 men like I'd, I'd put on the jersey in my room like walk out the backyard like as if that was the tunnel wow yeah, and i'd just go out the backyard playing my own and yeah. just full like crowds around and so i was literally i planted that like daily like always always did it so i was obviously just wanted it so bad so um yeah pretty much it's it sounds bad but i i, I feel as though I, I probably didn't have a plan me which i actually recommend now yeah 100 uh, percent now knowing what what i sort of went through so um but also in the same breath it was nearly one of those things like i wasn't not gonna not gonna do it like it really meant a lot to me were you always because you know how there's the hard workers who weren't that talented or the really talented which one did you fall into? oh man i, I was Right, I, I wasn't that fast. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, you know, always. I this summarizes me to a T. I feel like at school I won age champion in uh, grade ten and eleven. I think it was, you know, age champion at yeah. the left. But I didn't win anything. I just come like third and fourth in everything. Yeah. So I had a cracker, like shot put, crack at the four hundred, crack at the one hundred, the cross country. <laughs> yeah. You so, did all the disciplines. Right, I did everything, but never won anything. And yeah. that like. I've been so proud of that award because it's like, I just had a crack. Like, just worked hard to at least get get mid Like, so I wasn't super talented or, or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, and then I peel it back to, like, my dad was from Poland, grew up in the super wartime. Like, very, like, too hard. Like, yeah. way too hard. 
Um, and then my mum was from the Philippines in the villages in the middle of nowhere. So I had nothing. Like it was all about, you know, you cook, you clean, you work from like morning to night kind of thing. So then they, as immigrants coming to Australia, you just kind of see just hard, hard sort of work from day one. So yeah, it's a, I've always peeled that back on myself. Why am I like that? Like a little bit. So I put it back down to just seeing my parents like go hard. It's so funny. Like the little traits that we get from our parents oh, like and, and hard working is obviously such a decor. Like how, what were the, what were the things that you were putting in place when you were playing? Like, did you always have the morning routine when you were playing? Like what, I guess the question is, what are the traits that you pulled out of playing professional yeah. rugby league that you've now taken into starting your own business? Yeah, probably. Well, it's funny. I got into all that routine stuff and that actually after okay. foot, when I was going through that hard time. Yeah. But it, so, but to get to the NRL, I think the things I got were, yeah, like discipline yeah. from, from mum and dad, um, just showing up, like keep, keep going. Um, the really basic stuff we, we all sort of know, but resilience, I think that's, that's the huge one over everything, like missing out on rep teams and stuff like that. You know, you think your life's over, like you didn't make Queensland schoolboys. Hey, you it's think, like the oh, hardest. Bro, I remember nearly crying. I was like so yeah. distraught. Like. 100%. Well, it's like the hardest thing that you've gone through is the hardest thing you've gone through. If you're a 16 year old kid who, mm. you know, just broke up with his girlfriend or yeah. just you know, didn't make the Aussie team, yeah. that's going to be so hard. But then it's also, well, if you, you know, your kid just got diagnosed with cancer or yeah. you know, you've just been through a divorce or it's the hardest thing you've gone through. It's the hardest thing you've gone through. Mm. And it's, it's just going to be as hard. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? And then if you've got, if you, you know, you're what, 17, not making the schoolboys team. Yeah. Of course that's going to be upset, but it, did it make you hungrier to play yeah. NRL even more after 100%, that? Yeah. 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 And that's it. Like, it's just that resilience to, to kind of keep going yeah. kind of thing. So I just think, yeah, well, like that journey to the NRL was a lot of it was just working hard. Like, again, I wasn't the fittest or fastest or anything like that. I was a lot lighter than a lot of the uh, guys. So yeah, it's just like, I look back and it was like, yeah, just, just worked, just did what I needed to do and kept trying to learn. So um, that's what I felt got me to that, position and then when you're as an nrl player as you know it's structure it's routine it's like you go through pre-season like it's mentally tough so and you do that over years it just kind of becomes in your dna right so then that helps when you transfer out i feel yeah um mate this is obviously a mental health and sport podcast mm. and i remember talking to you a couple of days ago and my first thing when I think of you is obviously when you went through your medical retirement, yeah. you played over 60 games in the NRL and then being medically retired, it's tough. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah, there yeah. How did, how did you find the transition out? Yeah, it was really tough. It was really tough. If I'm honest, it was probably, well, first thing was obviously when you're playing professional sport, like you sort of think from like five, six, you got this vision and goal and you actually get there and then you live in it. You're actually in the, what you've always dreamed of. And then for it to stop, not on your own terms, that was probably the hardest thing. Like, we're, like nah, bro, I got heaps left in me. So, um, and pushed through a, a few injuries and kept going. And it just wasn't, it was like a, you know, battling against um, something that was kind of inevitable. inevitable. So, so no, what, what was the conversation? Sorry to cut you off, but what was the conversation like? Was it the... Club doctor saying, look, mate, knees, because it, it was obviously knee, knees, mm. knees cooked. 
yeah. blown. We can't, there's nothing we can do. Or is it, all right, let's try and rehab. Let's try and get back. Let's do everything we can do. What was the conversations like? Yeah, I remember there was one, I had a really bad hip injury actually. And it was kind of wearing away. And this was probably 12 months prior to retiring. And the doc at the time actually, yeah, kind of mentioned it. Like just to have a, have a good think about it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Like all, all sweet. But um, yeah, it really affected my my like training, like um, not only mentally, but also because I could feel my body getting worse and sore and things like that. And then the hardest thing was like always coming back from those injuries. So, you know, I proved to myself, yeah, I, I, nah, I, I'm, I'm made for this. And I come back and then literally – my last like perspective was my first three years, I played like pretty much near every game. And then from three years to year six, I think I played around five or something. So I'd come back after like, and these weren't like soft tissue. These were like Ricos and shoulder Ricos. So six months out, come back, I'd play like two games a cup and then finally get my start back. And then, yeah, two games in, oh, ankle done. And then, I'm, you know what I mean? So it was, it was that kind of journey for me. So spent the majority of my career on the back end actually in rehab so that's when you know more injuries start coming you're coming back and then yeah it just got to the point where um, I had an option my contract was coming to an end I've uh, been told should retire also then I did had my one last year uh, coming off contract and I gave the preseason like everything yeah. and uh, one man in the match um, in one of the trial games and did my knee round two. Man. Yeah, full. And that off off contract. And I gave it one last shot. I was like, nah. And I read all the books and everything. Yeah. And yeah. I got the mindset right. Visualized playing NRL again. And um, yeah, got back from a really bad shoulder, Rico. And yeah, that yeah, just ACL gone. So round two. So literally I was like, wow, off contract, ACL, round two. Obviously, the club's not going to renew now. Yeah. Um, and then I had the option to go overseas, and then it was kind of like, oh man, I'm, I'm ready for the next next chapter. Unless were, unless I'm playing NRL, like, no, nah, I don't. I was, I, was yeah. the, I was the same, mate. And but you were 26, 27? Yeah, 26, Yeah. How was, mate? How was your headspace with that? Because if it was just an ACL, and yeah. you'd be like, Okay, well, I've got six months to do my rehab. You, you, you'll get through it. Like yeah. most, everyone will get through it, but it's the roller coaster where it's like, I've done all the visualization. I've yeah. read all the books. I'm going to be good. Oh, actually season end. Yeah. Oh, let me get back. I'm going to get back. I'm going to do everything I can. Shoulder Rico. And it's yeah. just, a, man, it's a full it's roller a constant, coaster. And that's, yeah. but that's footy, right? Yeah. That's, that's professional sport in general. It, it is. It is hundred percent. And, and that's the thing I still always think as well, like to be medically retired, it was kind of too, being told to medically retire, but also I did have an, I could have went overseas and did all the jazz and, you know, but um, I sort of felt there was a point where it was really tough and what I wrapped around it was my identity was wrapped in being an athlete and that's what it was. And that only came because I was going through a hard time mentally. So I'd started researching and listening to different stuff and that's how that whole growth path started. So that for me, what I understood was my identity was an athlete. That's why I was so upset about it and really tough mentally. I had to kind of re rewire my brain that, hey, that was a really grateful opportunity. 
I did. Like I was in the top one zero zero point zero percent of people who actually play professionally. The, the funnel of you know grassroots yeah. that go wild. that play. It's wild. tiny, yeah. tiny, and to play like six years, I was like, I just had to change the whole perspective around it. Um, so during that time when it was tough mentally, I think the thing that really got me through was perspective changing. Um, a few core habits as well, like things like the Miracle Morning. That's when that book right came into play. Yeah, perfect. Was that timing. period? So that that period. I was going to say what like what? How did you rewire it? Was it the talking to other retired athletes? Was it like the reading, or was it just all of it in general? Two things. Anyone who's going through a hard time, I find there was one video. I think it was from Tony Robbins. Yep. You know the goat. Yeah, yeah, the goat. And on YouTube, from memory, was something like uh, changing your blueprint. Yeah, okay. And that single video really shifted a lot of things. And what the video talks around is in life, we have a blueprint that we've set out. So it's our expectation of what's going to happen over the next six months, six years, whatever. So if you have a blueprint written out and that doesn't go to plan, what happens is like our brain is in like that bad fight or flight mode and we start stressing and like cortisol levels raise because that unmet expectation of the blueprint you created isn't being met. And that's, and then two things happen. People, this is what most of the population does. They blame external sources other than themselves. So they stay in that, that place or what, what you should do is you can actually rewrite your blueprint. That's great. Yeah. Have you, did you watch the um, documentary with Jonah Hill and his psychologist? Stunts? No, I want to see that. Like, hey, is watch it good? It's so good. Is and it? what, what you describe is um, the snapshot. So Jonah has a conversation with his psychologist who he's been seeing for years. And what the psychologist does was he sketches like these little examples of what you might be going through. And, and he sketches it so you can actually see, see it, it and it makes it real. Um, but he calls it like the perfect snapshot. And what he does, he has like a little photo of like a person in there, but it's, it's not real. It's what you said. It's a blueprint of what you've thought what it you've to thought. be. So it's like, well, I need this amount of money. I need to be playing in the NRL. Yes. I need to be, have the perfect wife, the perfect kids, the perfect car. And then when I don't get it, well, it's like, well, what happens? I'm disappointed. I'm anxious. It's all, it's yes. everything that you just said. Yes. And being aware of it is the first step. And the second step is being able to re rewire it. Yeah. Which is so cool and so yeah. interesting. And that's like, mate, that's why I want to do this podcast. Like, mm. that's why I want to learn more about psychology. Like, I want to be able to have the tools to help our mates yeah. who are coming out of professional sport. 100%. And, or who might still be in it. But like, having the tools to be able to help them because, mate, to be honest, like when I got medically retired, I didn't know what I wanted mm. to do. I like, I was a fan of what you said before, like doing everything you can in footy because figuring out what you don't want to do is just as important as yes. figuring out what you want to do. So when I was going through, I've said this before, but like I wanted to try everything because yeah. I was so nervous of, yes. of, of retirement. When it finished. Yeah. yeah well, when it finished, I was like, okay, well I want to, you know, I'll go be a, try mortgage brokerage yep. or like I'll try like, you know, yep. being on the tools or whatever, being in a coffee shop. And I was like, well, none of them fits. Like that's mm. not what I want to do. And then when you get medically retired, not on your own terms, it's like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. And then even guys who are in their 30s, 35s, who they've been doing this since they were a 17, 18 year old kid. Mm. Like, what am I going to do? Literally. What's, what's my routine look like? Like, can I 
rewire, like yeah. rewire the brain into being more grateful. I wrote down mm-hmm. here in my notepad. Um, it's like the three words that when I think of you, like this is what yeah. I think of. I think of grateful, growth, and consistency. And Ooh, you've and you've said yeah. all three of them in the last like how yeah. thirty minutes or that we've been chatting. <laughs> no, no, I love that. I love that you said that because someone I was on some other podcast and they talk around successful and you've you've grown your bit all this sort of stuff. And I said to her, I was like, I feel I can out consistent anyone. I love that. Like, <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. And, and I don't know. And it's like you need a. I don't know the consistency. It's just like oh. I'll show up. I'll show up. Might not be the best. Might not be whatever. Like I'll learn things, but I feel just that consistent muscle is nearly ninety percent of anything. It's layers of pain that build a mountain. Just, yeah, yeah. Do you know, li- that? Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, Alex Hormozy, I think, said that. He's a man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then that's what he always says as well. Like, how are you judging your success time frame? Like uh, people who talk in decade. Like, can someone? Everyone can do something for one day. Some people can do it for one week. Some can do it for six months, but can you grind it out, mate, for a decade yeah. doing the same thing that is needed for success? So I think, yeah, like when, when I transferred uh, away from footy, there are all those little consistent habits and all those sorts of things, but that rewiring process really helped. And that's where I got into the miracle morning, um, started realizing that when I got out of the rugby league bubble, which it is, like I was having more growth conversations as well and like um, I love the banter in, in footy locker room chat but you realize that man there's this whole other world and there's like yeah you start talking to other people and they're they're, they're on a different level they're, they're not talking the stuff you're talking in the locker rooms you know <laughs> so um, that was probably a big one and, and big tip I can give to anyone not just NRL any athletes is know that it will come to an end and it will be tough and the goal is to try different things. I love that you said you're trying different things because the pressure we put on ourselves as athletes is huge to, to perform. And we take that expectation when we finish to have it all figured out, which is so harsh on ourselves because you've come from literally high school, 17, 18, you've gone into this bubble. You don't leave the bubble for the next decade or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So, most of society's got 10 to 12 years of trying and chop. You're starting on ground zero. So don't be so hard to have it all figured out. And you learn so much coming out. Like I look, <sighs> I look at myself and you're probably the, you're definitely the exact same. Like I was such an idiot when I was playing. Yeah. <laughs> like mate, I remember, right. I remember when I was like 20 years old, <laughs> I went through the stage where I was riding motorbikes. I got my skydiving license. I was jumping out of planes while playing professional <laughs> footy. I remember talking to the chairman, the chairman of the uh, Gold Coast Titans, Dennis White. He's like, I remember when that piece of paper came across my desk and Keegs, you wanted to like go skydiving. I thought, man, I wanted to be a skydiving instructor. Like that might be something I want to do later. And he just like, shook my head and I couldn't believe it. we got a good relationship. Now yeah, with yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I was such an idiot. And that was only like, that was only two years ago yeah. or five years ago. Imagine what you're going to be like in the next five years, mm. on the, this five years of learning or that next decade of learning. Literally. Talking to guys who are in their 50s, 60s. Oh. They're like, and that the guys who are really successful, who guys who I kind of want to be like and, and resemble. And they're like, man, I've still got like another 10 years of growth. <laughs> I've got another two decades, Crazy. three decades. Yeah. And so they're always on that growth mindset, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, 100%. And 
I heard this stat actually. I think it it takes around two years to kind of just find your feet post retirement. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 So knowing that, you might as well try everything, right? And I really love what you said, and it reminds me of a quote from Jay Shetty. I love a bit of Jay Shetty, and he said something along the lines of, "Life will always open up doors." It's our job to walk through them and then life will shut the ones you're not meant to continue to walk through. That's beautiful, brother. So knowing that, I just love that because it's so true. Like in life, there's always doors opening. There's opportunity. There's fear. Like, oh, is that going to be the right one? It's, you know, we put pressure on choosing the right door. Bro, just just walk through whichever one you want. Life will close the one it's not meant to walk through. Like, Man, and you, you've walked through a couple doors to get oh, to where you are now. You know, you're leading, so many. leading buyer's agent on the Gold Coast, which is, it's so incredible to see. And I'm really proud to have you as a mate because, you know, you've been through the medical retirement and you've been through the struggles. And I'm sure you tried a bunch of different things when you retired. So and many. now you're doing something that you're really passionate about. Yeah. So it's it's funny, man. Like people see where, where we're at now and like with my journey and, like yeah, that right. I was. I remember I worked two weeks at one job. I was like, nah, not, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like I worked in real estate for twelve months. I, I was flying and I knocked on the door one day. Just wasn't. I said, I'm out. Yeah. And I, wow. <laughs> yeah left left all my listings. See you, brother. Just cut. <laughs> just gone. And I just knew it wasn't wasn't for me. I knew I was capable of of something different. And yeah, well, did solar sales for one month. Did. Like I was managing like touch footy comps in Talabadra for like, right, like random working at eight o'clock at night. Like this is all after like, you know, playing in the big leagues. So I was doing all these like, yeah, humbling. Yeah, hundred percent. So I know guys who are in that space now who are going through that actual position like that. Don't be hard on yourself. Just make sure you're getting yourself out there and trying different things because again the door mentality you walk through one of the doors it might stay open but what happens is more doors start opening up mm-hmm. and then you just keep like flowing through the journey and like even for myself like i'm now love business like through this whole real estate thing and doing my own investing and then blah, blah, blah. like you know what i mean it ends up like bro, i love business now and i'm starting to listen to business stuff and scaling and leadership so you know for me i love being a buyer's agent but now I've expanded this whole other. There's a few doors here now, and I'll, I'll keep walking. What's the um? What's the goal for the Sharma Group, mate? For the Sharma Group, we're really focused on, I guess, changing the way people buy property. And if I can impact that at scale, not just Gold Coast, but nationwide, in terms of maybe our systems and processes, maybe the way we're educating and helping other buyers agents, because it's quite a niche industry that's rapidly growing. I really want to be at the forefront of the industry to be that like thought leader of like, man, the Srama group and Matt Srama, what they've created has inspired me to, um, you know, get into the buyer's agency space. So for us, it's, yeah, allowing buyers to live a more joyful and fulfilled life. You know, it's, I think the industry is very tarnished, whether real estate or buyer's agent, that it's about the transaction. Whereas our, one of our key values is understanding the purpose behind the purchase. Yeah. And I think that whole mentality is shifting the way we're dealing with clients and, and people that um, the, the more impact you make, the more income yeah. you make. 
Well, I didn't, to be honest, mate, I didn't even know what a buyer's agent was until yeah. you started doing it. Like you always think of like the sleazy salesman, but you're not representing the seller. You're representing the buyer, uh, yeah. which is so cool to see. Like you have hands-on impact, which is what I love. Yeah. Like yeah. You, like you're actually, you're, you know, most of the clients that come to you, I'm guessing probably a time poor, right? Like they're probably looking for someone with the expertise yeah. in, in the industry. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's around, yeah, just providing again, that like knowledge through my journey that again, this is the crazy thing with life. You go through these things and then you can like wrap it up and someone else needs that help. Like, and it all comes through the pain you went through. And like, for me, when I started playing footy, you know, I didn't want to be one of these players who just blew, blew the money at MV nightclub every Saturday, <laughs> you know? So I started like, yeah, just looking at property as a vehicle to, yeah. And I started investing in a property quite young and did my thing on my own. And then people started asking me for help around it. And that's how that business eventuated. And the whole purpose when I retired made me listen, you know, that, that pain made me try and rewire my brain. And that through that process started realizing needed to grow as a person. So I started listening to more things. When you listen to more things, you start expanding your thoughts and then it was like, no way would I ever thought I'd be able to start a business. That's scary. No person in my family. But because I've just been listening to that stuff, start a business. Now, we're, you know, we got nominated for REIQ Award, which wow. is one of the biggest prestigious awards in Queensland. So um, in only two years as well. So for me, what I look back, if you wrap it all up, um, sometimes in life, um, the best gifts are poorly wrapped. <laughs> that's so great you know what i mean like 100%. right at the time it was a, that's a shocking time of my life now i look back right that was the best gift i've ever had i, I wouldn't be here without all that 100 percent. it's like you look at successful people and their past experiences and the past dots that have formed the person wow. that they are today what are your major dots like what are your major experience to make you the person you are today oh, i reckon there's there's a few key ones like on the sport i got the sport chapter and it was probably i think it was like 18 or something come out of school no job living at home um really wanted to play nrl but i didn't have a didn't have a contract i was signed with the west tigers and i, I wasn't moving down to sydney i was just like i'm, I'm going to try and grind it up here so i was living out at, at home and then man I, I remember like crying to dad like I hated my job. I was like, it was like 4 a.m. start. It was like 3 a.m. start in a freezer, like chopping up bacon and meat. It was it was so hard. That's dark. Right. It was in a freezer. You push these heavy things. Hated it. But I needed it because they'd finish at one o'clock in the Arvo. So I could, you know, hop in a car and go SG ball down on the Gold Coast. So I, I was on like a... Um, SG Ball sort of scholarship yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, I got no money. But so those days were hectic. Like wake up at three, grind it out to like one in a freezer room, come out, a quick feed, and then drive down to the Gold Coast, like micro sleeping the whole way. <laughs> and then train, come back, drive back from the Gold Coast back to Brisbane. So I'd get home at like nine o'clock poor sleep so i was just in a bad mental space where i felt you know, i wasn't playing my best footy hated what i was doing work wise um and i remember my dad just like 
credit to him, but like I, I wanted to leave. He's like, no, nah, Matt, you need, you need, we're not going to support your money. It's <laughs> like, we'll have to put a roof over your head. Bit but of tough love. Tough love. Which is probably great. Because he's, he's like next level tough. Like <laughs> not like tough at me. He's just like, just like that. Keep going. You got, you got this kind of thing. So I grinded out for a bit and then just so lucky. I, I started playing good footy for Ipswich Jets. And that was my little, I got out of that job finally, um, had enough money um, and then found a job less pay, but, you know, better. I just enjoyed it a little bit more. And then, um, yeah, came through that under 20s, 20 system. So that was probably number one was getting through that grind phase of just like in the footy side. And then obviously the, the biggest dot was the medically retired, which opened up this whole crazy doorman like of, of everything and th that's where uh, i look back now they're probably two huge ones that really shifted a lot of things and and like they always say like everything comes comes in threes you know i remember I split up with my partner in my ex-partner medically retired no idea what i was doing so you go you got them wow. periods yeah. you know and i know there'll be another one of those periods coming soon like um so it's always like you just got to be that's life. But you've 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 got the evidence now to say I've already gone through these struggles. I'm going to be able to go through it again. This is mate. I I talk to a psychologist every month. Yeah. Um. I never used to do. I used to always just bottle it up, and I would have yeah. these trigger events, and I just explode. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> and it's so funny you say that because the last session that I spoke to, her, I spoke to her last week, and she's just like, "You've gone through these periods now. Like when you're 16, you haven't had." these periods where you've had these intense struggles and like we said the hardest thing you've gone through the heart is the hardest thing you've gone through so splitting up with your girlfriend when you're 16 is probably the hardest yeah. thing that you've gone through at that yeah. time you know now you're at this point you've gone through medical retirement you might have gone through a breakup you might have gone through whatever it is mm -hmm. that's now your hardest thing but you've got these past experience and you've learned that wow you can actually get through, can get them, through it yeah and that gives you an evidence and it gives you confidence for the next time like you just said i'm 100 percent going to go through it again probably go through it heaps, heaps of times, time. yeah. but it makes you stronger and it gives you the evidence to be confident. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I am going to get through this. I think that's the big one is that I heard it somewhere in arrogance mm. and you don't need to be an arrogant person. There's outer arrogance, which is the ability to put people down and push yourself above. But I feel the most success in life, they've got to have inner arrogance and Inner arrogance is like that deep-rooted self-belief. Mm. And the only way you can build that inner arrogance and the confidence is to go through tough times, bounce back up, and actually come out the other side and realize, right, I'm the I'm the man. Like yeah. that, that was, yeah. you don't even need to it, say that to everyone, but like but you know. I'm sweet. Yeah. Like oh, I'm all good, whatever comes. And that bar, I feel, just keeps getting raised the the more you go in, in life. So it's inevitable, right? So I, I think that's a that's a huge one. If you don't actually take the risk, though, if you don't actually if you stay fearful, you're not going to get through that that uncomfortable feeling. And one of my biggest mantras, probably in the last twelve months, is lean into the uncertainty. Love that, bro. Right, and that one has changed my life. It's just like. Because in business now, there's there's risks you're taking with financial, with scaling, with hiring someone that's going to bring your profit margin down, whatever. And you sort of think, oh man, this is that feeling. I'm uncertain. And it's just like, I've calculated the risk, mitigated risk as best I can. 
there's nothing left to do but to lean into it and the, go. And, and the uncertainty also opens up the door for creativity. Oh. It also opens up the idea for new ideas, for ideas that you wouldn't have previously thought about. It's like the blueprint, I'm going to go down this way. Oh, actually, a bit of uncertainty here. This allows for growth. This allows for, yeah, the Cra- whole thing. Cra- crazy. And then, then that, like, again, the whole growth chat on everything is, yeah, just self-awareness. Uh, and I really like what you said around um, you see a therapist and whatnot. So oh, probably probably every two months, so do I, I go, I go see one. And what I say to people, one of the best investments you can make is go see a therapist. And 100%. people pay X amount of dollars to, you know, look good at the gym, X amount of dollars to pimp out the car, whatever, but they won't. There'll be like no chance I'm spending x amount per hour to uh uh, chat chat around my my things that are holding me back it's just wild because what you realize is when you when you i feel become self-aware and i think this self-awareness is like it's the best like superpower yeah i I really do so um i love that you said that because i'm a big advocate of of therapy you know people who are in relationships couples therapy like all that sort of stuff it's training it's um it's something that I don't think is talked about enough. And, yeah. that's, and that's why I want to have these conversations with guys like yourself. Even when we were playing footy, like I don't think talking to a psych wasn't really a big thing. Yeah. Even my, my last year at Para, we had a club psych who would be, you know, every, every couple of weeks he would come in and mm. do like a performance and positive psychology, yeah. which was cool. Um, I spoke to Jackie Lauder, who's the Collywood psychologist last week. And she's incredible. Like she's full time full-time mm. with Collywood, players, family and parents, kids, like, and don't get me wrong, like the players go through it, but the families go through it just as much. So yeah, anyone in their, so anyone, true, anyone eh? in their networks have access to Jackie. Wow. She's now sideline on the, like on the Collywood field. Like the, and, oh, and really? that, mate, that's player driven. Like the players wow. are like, we want, we want Jackie on the sideline. I remember talking to her. That's I was good. like, I've never, I've never heard of a sporting organization mm. that does something like that they do it in the states in the states yeah. in the uk they do it they do it really Fair well head, uh, yeah. but we're obviously a little bit behind in the nrl and afl oh not collywood collywood are doing a great job um but yeah like normalizing the idea that psychology is actually a really great thing and being like you said self-aware of past traumas or mm. past things that you've gone through because once you're aware of it, it makes you probably a bit better for the next time that you're <sighs> going to go through something that's pretty challenging right it it's everything like the past traumas, right. right? Everyone did a bit of past traumas check, <laughs> yeah. a bit of training. <laughs> that will solve ninety five percent of the world's issues, I reckon. Yeah, mate. And just self awareness on who you are, because that's going to allow you all different avenues. Like, for example, the the family dynamic with your parents, right? Like, yeah. what I realized was, yeah, not everyone communicates my way or thinks my way and like really good example for athletes i noticed this observantly because a lot of athletes you know were with their relationships or whatever um always find like think about this right so from the age of five you know because you play team sport you'll be getting told what to do you know and you you know from under sevens i I don't know about you but my coaches were straight up like you know matt that was absolute shit like blah 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 
like you just cop it on the chin, you know, and then you get to NRL and it's just another ball game. Like you're getting wow. sprayed, yeah. you know, <laughs> from Beverly a young and abused, yeah, yeah. <laughs> abused brother, yeah. abused. Yeah, yeah, but like it's part of it. Like yeah. you to cop it on the chin, man, and you, you, yeah, it, it toughens you up. All those sorts of things. Now I don't advocate it, but what I'm trying to say is that's normal. Like I didn't care if I, I actually performed when no. someone gave me a quick spray because yeah. I needed that. Um, but then not everyone's like that. Not everyone's like my, my dad as well, where he's just gave me blunt. I loved it. I loved it. And work made me work hard. But then when you try and transfer that to someone might have grew up in a different family dynamic, whereas may more loving and hugging and, um, you know what I mean? And like very soft spoken, never used to getting told direct feedback. Mm-hmm. So as a leader now in business, what I'm learning, the game is being able to identify people's behavior and how they were raised and how they like to communicate because if i'm throwing the the coach chat at someone who's a complete they're just going to be put into the ground as in like oh matt's a bit he's full on mate like i'm i'm scared or like you know what i mean um but then you got other people like my ops manager comes from the navy for instance and he was grew up with a lot of direct feedback as well so i can hit him straight and i've got to be careful of the way I talk to this person, but all of that has packaged up from my childhood. Yeah. And so I just think just knowing who you are as a person, I think is, is part of it. And that only comes through, yeah. Having open conversation and trying to understand uh, yourself. Mate. Very cool. Um, I have one more question before we wrap up. Um, how, how do you measure success? Is it financially? Is it, relationships is it experiences like you look you know 10 20 years down the track like what does success look like i feel success is being able to wake up each day doing what you want you know and and being fulfilled with that and why i say doing what you want paraphrasing the you it's you're not doing what society thinks success is because this is one of my favorite things like chatting to young younger people as well and I, i'm still young 100 percent. but you know you chat to some people and they're like oh they're so successful you know they that person drives their ex car or whatever and it's just like um for me that that's cool it's if that makes them happy whatever you know i got things that i know fulfill me you know some are materialistic some are more impactful but i've got my lane and if i hit what's in my lane like I think that's ultimate success. You, and you can see it with people who are in their lane because um, people who are chasing external validation, you know, I, I don't, even though from society they might think it's success, but, you know, I, I think it's around being able to identify first what brings you fulfillment and uh, happiness. And then if you can hit those, then that's, that's the ultimate success, right? So what are your intrinsic pillars then? For me, a lot of it's based around the, I I did some exercise on what brings me joy and fulfillment. And a lot of it, I I came around with the super simple stuff. It was like family, family time, like chilling with my nephews and whatnot. Like, um, so family, your partner, like all those sorts of things. Like, um, yeah. And then, you know, hopefully kids one day might like future family. So a lot of it's tied in with that. And then the impact um, to others, like how much impact you can make. So if I can hit those two things, that's all really I'm working towards. It's like I'm doing the impact thing and I realize I want to get to a certain like passive income goal. It's not the money side though. 
I feel that money's going to allow me to pull off, yeah. uh, you know, what I need to do so I can just spend more time and yeah. travel the world and do all, all that jazz. So, uh, and I heard last one is that um, it's also the journey because you don't want to get caught up always on the, the chase and, and doing things and I'll be happy when. Mm. Happiness can be chosen now. Yeah. Like the journey is actually where it's at, you know. <laughs> Bro, are you joking? The journey is actually the where it's at. I, I've actually, I know. The journeys, bro. Bro, I, I used to, all the teammates, you like you and yeah. I was like, it's the journeys. And you realise, do you know what it is? Like with footy, for instance, debut, all that, sick, like mad. Like, yeah, got the debut. But why the debut was so strong, it was because of all the people I've met since I was five, all the coaches that I met. You know, I couldn't pass my left to right. And then I learned that I had the, didn't make this schoolboy team, didn't make that one. I, I came back. It was the journeys that, the journeys, that was yeah. fulfilling. It wasn't actually the debut because as soon as you hit the debut, you want to play two games. Exactly. As soon as you hit two games, you want to play a hundred games. Yeah. So it's actually never the, it's the journeys. And I translate that in the business. It's actually, it's not the, it's not the income goal. It's not that. It's like we had our biggest month ever and it was sick for like, two hours yeah. like we out of the team we got nominated for that award same week mad but it was like bro that where we got to yeah. <laughs> to get here yeah. that's where it's at and you ask like you ask players especially nrl players like what's the most memorable time in your career and most of them will say their nrl debut yeah like it's the nrl yeah. debut because it's the journey from yeah you know getting up early doing the preseason, schoolboys, like doing all that like all that like 10 years of you might have been playing since you were a kid and then you got to debut and you mm. made it and that's your goal. And then I think being able to like reassess and reflect and be like, okay, well, what's, what's the next goal? And, and it, yeah, the goals are good, but enjoying that process along yeah. the way, it's exactly it's what you just said. It's a nail on the head. It's processing. Process. It's, it's all about the process. And when you, when you reflect back on life and this is the, the key thing, like having a reflection muscle to look at where those key pillars are, because the reflection will fuel I think it's like you're putting you're putting the nozzle into the petrol when you're at the tank. I reckon that that nozzle there, that's called reflection. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you look back and it's like, man, you realize, yeah, some of life's best gifts get some of life's best gifts are poorly wrapped. Matty Shrama, brother, I Shrama. knew that this was gonna be the best. This is <laughs> this is the one of the best we've done. Um, mate, right. thank you so much for jumping on. Um, I knew that I was gonna learn a lot ever since that we met at the Gold Coast Titans, we always yeah. have these conversations on the side and it's yeah, only yeah. had a couple of drinks somewhere. <laughs> we, we always have these conversations. So I knew that this was going to be unreal. Uh, mate, good luck for uh, the Shrama group. Good luck for all the uh -huh. growth, mate. You're going to be killing it. I can't wait to see what the next 10 years look like. Thanks, brother. And credit credit to you too, my bro. It's um, been awesome to see your transition. I know what it's like. And hopefully, I really feel like low-key, you're inspiring a lot of other athletes and people for sure. So keep... Keep changing the game, my man. I appreciate that. Love you, brother. Do right.